Live inside Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company. Caught it again. Back to pass. Lost it down the middle. Deflected twice and incomplete. And now the Raiders will have to try an onside kick. Losing gets old fast. Carlson boots it towards the right. It bounces at the 40. Titans pounce on it at the 43. And that is going to end this ballgame. You have to earn it. You know, we got to learn how to start well, play well in the middle, and finish well. Right now, we've not figured out that formula yet. It's time for Cofield and Company with Steve Cofield on ESPN Las Vegas. Here we go, Cofield and Company, Twin Peaks on Eastern in Henderson. We're live on ESPN Reno and ESPN Las Vegas. An hour on the way in uh, Reno here as we head up to Monday Night Football. Kickoff in the 5 o'clock hour in just a little bit. We're going to have Adam Hill on. Don't brag about it. Adam on the road back from Nashville, and we really want to know what it was like around the Raiders after the game. You know, we were just talking about Utah State and how – College football teams react to losses, and if they, you know, they start to get fractured, the Raiders are in that moment where they got to deal with some fracturing here. Yeah, I don't know if it's happening, but zero and three start is extremely disappointing. Let's get to our big four at four. Battleborn Injury Lawyers presents the Big Four at four. Number four. So I traveled to see that game, UNLV at Utah State. And it's always interesting. I know Nevada played at Air Force. It's always interesting going to Colorado, going to Utah. Much different life than we have here in our big cities mm. in Nevada. And driving around Logan a little bit. Yeah. We, at one point, we, we went by Steer. Giant horns. And, like, you know, for me, I'm like, I, I don't know anything about that life. Nothing. All I know is the end result. I like steak. I love but, steak. But, but raising it, milking it, no idea. You're a steak guy. I am. I love steak. I love good steak. I love good meat. It's got to be top quality. Had a nice piece yesterday for mom's birthday. What'd you get? I have. Uh, I got some steak from a from a cattle ranch up in North Dakota, and it, it, it was a griller. Really? Pack. Yeah. It was. A, it was a pack, like a griller pack, and I wanted to try them out first because a a local. World-renowned powerlifter who does a specific uh, diet called the vert, the vert, the vertical diet. Um, Brandon Allen turned me on to it. Um, he had helped Jordan and I out during the pandemic before we opened the Perfect Gym, and uh, but he turned me on to it. So I bought the Griller Pack or the whatever it's called, the, the small Griller Pack, and it included like short ribs and bone-in and burgers and um, a chuck steak and. New York, it was it was it was really good. So right. so I marinated one for about four days and some citrus and some seasoning and herbs and took it over to mom's and grilled it. And she she thought it was just going to be the three of us for her 79th birthday, and it ended up being about ten of us. We all walked oh, wow. in with proteins, and it was a surprise barbecue for her. Are you ready to bring some business to ESPN Reno and ESPN Las Vegas? Can you? I'm hoping we, we had a steak sponsor. I'm hoping. A, a rancher sponsor. I'm gonna. Well, I, I'm definitely gonna be sponsored. I'm hoping that I. Okay, can. there you, you go. Know. Is that I'm, right? All right. Yep. 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 Uh, you gonna wear a cowboy hat and the? Uh, we're gonna get no, commercials here. No. No. I'll wear. You go I'll, with an I'll accent. Wear, the, I'll wear uh, the my Dallas Cowboys radio. gear. Do you have Dallas Cowboys gear? Yeah. What do you have? You have like old chaps. No, Dallas Cowboys, the team, my team. 
the team that's going to win tonight. Okay. I have Dallas Cowboy jerseys. Oh, okay. I have I have a coach's shirt. Oh, you do? Yeah. I have different stuff. Yeah. How come you didn't wear it tonight? We're out and about. It's your big remote. Yeah. I'm, I'm going for, for, from here. I'm going to the Golden Knights game. Oh, that's right. So I put the perfect shirt on. I got the gold on. I'll throw the sweatsuit. I got the sweatsuit top because so, it'll be chilly inside the arena. Yeah, I'm not a cowboy hat person because I look like a horse's ass with it on. I uh, was actually uh, striking up a convo with some of the students at Utah State, and one of the young ladies had on uh, kind of a – I guess their whole theme is the herd, right, oh. USU herd, and then yeah. they, they're wearing cow outfits with spots and stuff. So she gave me a spotted hat. I put that up on social media. Yeah. I'm sure I got laughed at. It was too small, and I just looked like a kind of a puffy old jerk. Well, we laughed. With the horns down, too. I put the horns down. I might get suspended. Not allowed to do the horns down. No. Or is that only Texas? I don't know. Well, here's, do a, here's, a deal. Here, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Once I get the digs and the and the and the discount code, where you like, you'll, you're either going to be punching in like Willie something or Perfect something. All right, how about we do it when you get it? You'll get it, and then you'll be able to. I'll have how about it we get all, it approved all, by all, management all, before you give out the. Well, uh, I'm not going to give it out on the air because okay. it's not been approved by management. But I go. will be throwing it all over my social media with Beautiful. when I don't care who likes it or not. No matter who there I work for, because I'm a freelancer. Yes. So I will you can do whatever you want. Yeah, I'll be throwing it on Instagram. I'll be like throwing it. it on Twitter. I'll be throwing it on my Facebook. And what they're going to do is they're going to throw in free stakes when you use my code. Number three. Boy, Herbert played yesterday. Uh. I was surprised he played. And then he kept playing in a game that was way out of reach. Yeah, that was the part that shocked me. It wasn't shocked me that he played. Okay, he got the shot, and I guess it was monitored by a lot of people when he took the shot uh, <laughs> for good reason. Hello, Tyrod. Um, but once the game was out, and, and, and Brandon Saley, he said that he let him decide to keep playing in the blowout. Like, no, dude, you're the coach, and this is your franchise. I feel like I feel like Chase Daniel has, like, a really intense clause in his contract where he's like, no, I don't play. I just get to make a couple of mil a year. And I think he's made over 41 mil in the NFL. He's like, wait. He's- Wait, I, I did a handoff last week. Yeah. I ain't playing this he week. He is the richest clipboard guy. Well, you know, the funny thing is, Rivers never missed games. And at the time, who was it? Uh, Whitehurst, right? Uh, was it Charlie Whitehurst, right? They mm-hmm. called him Clipboard Jesus because of his hair. Like, Charlie never plays. Chase Daniel is the ultimate Clipboard Jesus. He never freaking plays. And Herbert was out there yesterday. And frankly, I didn't think he looked that good. I thought he was inaccurate. And uh, he was feeling it. He was. He was... And maybe a 90% or 80% Justin Herbert is just miles ahead of Chase Daniel. But once the game's out of reach, put him on the bench. Number two. Boy, the Raiders have got to get more pressures, but especially more finishes on quarterbacks. This duo was put together with Max Crosby and Chandler Jones. You figure Jones coming in would allow to take some pressure off of Max Crosby. He'd be getting more sacks. His PFF grade yesterday was excellent, but they're just not getting enough finishes. On the quarterback, you're not going to win games if you can't finish off some defensive plays here. And we talked about the Raiders' offensive line. The Tennessee offensive line featured two new starters. Taylor Luan's down for the season. Right. Rookie right tackle Nicholas Petit Frere. Left guard Aaron Brewer. Now left tackle Dennis Daly. Third new starter at left tackle. New guys. Offensive line. They're putting him in there, and they're keeping the fixtures there because they have to. No dancing around different rotations. One sec. <laughs> you love, you're never going to let go of. No, I'm not because it's the, ridiculous. The O-line thing. Number one. So we can build on that. We can also mix in what we talked about, at least I did, a lot during the offseason and the lead up to the season. 
when we saw the offensive line was kind of a mishmash of seven or eight different guys. We were told, hey, this is what happens. There's seven guys playing well enough in practice and training camp. They all deserve a shot. It just hasn't been good enough. And the thing I talked about during the offseason and training camp was you decided this was going to be the area where you would save money. Not you, Willie, but the personnel people, Ziegler and McDaniels and beyond. And if I'm a Raiders fan right now, I'm thinking, hey, Devontae Adams is awesome, but was this the team that needed to get a $29 million receiver when it had holes in lots of other places? Well, we're talking about, you know, we continue to bring this up. So here's the thing. It was worth the money to bring him in, yes. it's all, it's it's And, and I'm going to say this with a reason, so don't just, you know. It's only three games, but there's 17 games in the season. If you were to scatter these three games out among the 17 and say, okay, well, those three games, but they better figure it out. Now, here's the thing. He ranks second. It's, it's actually tied for fourth, but the number is second highest targets in the league among receivers. 35, Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, Jamar Chase. And after that, it's Marquise Brown, Devontae Adams. 34 targets. The problem is he's tied for 23rd with 17 receptions. Some of those bad throws, some of those off. You're putting them up. You know, hey. So I I, I, I have confidence that that, that duo is going to get together. I think it – I personally – I love just for the fact that Matt Collins is a fantastic character and like a locker room guy, and he's fun to sort of just interview in general. And he's he's a fun loving guy. He's brought some life to it. Of course, remember he was part of the video with the whole Hunter Renfro Uber. Um, so I think it's kind of great that they that they really did they kept the right guy, but that that combo is going to have to turn around at some point. And hey, they said it before the start of the season. If I have one target, ten targets, three receptions, ten receptions, whatever, as long as we win, well. You're not winning. Speaking of targets, almost everyone on this roster has a target on their back when it comes to Raider Nation. I've seen just about everyone criticized. I did not expect this one. A Meg on Twitter Mm. said, are we going to address how Waller plays like he hates football? Mm. Are you seeing that? Yeah, I I didn't. I saw what you put in, but I don't But Are you seeing that on the field? No. That Waller's not showing energy or doesn't love the game? No, but... Again, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to, and I'm not even accusing. So let's not go there. But what I'm saying is, when you watch, when you screen the piece that I screened today, and then after the fact, your mind obviously starts twirling. Like last week, he was at the parade. He spent a lot of time at Aces games. There was the the hold in supposedly hamstring injury, whatever it may be. There's just a lot of extenuating circumstances. What took place? You know, you hear his voice in this in this real sports piece. I just don't know where his emotions and his mental health were. Because I don't think it's a matter of him hating the game, but he just seems frustrated. And I wonder if a lot of emotion was spent. It was Tuesday. Steve, it was, you know, it was Tuesday. They come off this... this humiliating loss to the Cardinals. Two days later, he's celebrating with his lady and and the Aces and then right back to practice. Excuse me, guys, while I go celebrate. I know it's their off day. But there's the highs and lows with your emotions, the serotonins, your mental health, your brain, when you are not chemically induced and you're recovering, there's still 
You know, so I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. He doesn't hate the game. I, I just think that there's, there's, there is some frustration. There are some balls he should have caught. Willie Ramirez, Steve Cofield, Twin Peaks. Get ready for Monday Night Football. Cowboys-Giants, we'll preview that in about 20 minutes. Adam Hill on the road back to Sin City will join us. I don't know where he is. He's on a layover, but hopefully we're going to get him in just a little bit. It's rough right now. It's rough for some fans around the NFL. Slow starts and then injuries just get you. Oh, boy. Yesterday watching the game with the SO, the significant other who's a Chargers oh, fan. Yeah. This is the one saving grace for Raiders fans. While the Chiefs may be able to run away, and they, even, they, even they lost yesterday, right? Um, while they may be able to run away with the division, the Broncos don't look good, although they're winning games. They're the only AFC West team they win yesterday. Yeah, and it was it was an ugly win, but you'll take that, right? It was beautiful. The Chargers were a freaking disaster. When is Herbert going to be 100%? And then the other thing is their stud left tackle, second-year guy, Rashawn Slater, bicep injury, torn, done for the year. If I heard one more grumble about Storm Norton from the SO yesterday, she does not like him, and Chargers fans don't like him either. And they they also lost Guyton yesterday, uh, one of their speed receivers. Yeah. He tore an ACL. Bosa may be out four to five weeks. So I'm trying to give you a little salve on the wound there, Raiders fans. Some of the other teams in the division struggling. As well. The Big Four at Four is presented by Battleborn Injury Lawyers in Reno and Las Vegas. The Anywhere number anywhere in Nevada is 766 1400. What's your score? It's going to be low scoring. I just think you're both teams. I think that Derrick Henry is going to be a problem. I'm looking at like 24 14. This time it is to Henry. Over the left side. Dives forward. Touchdown, Titans. Derrick Henry. Has been a force through the air. Hanging at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company. Willie with his prediction last Friday. I predicted a Titans victory as well. Close. We got the pace of the game right. It was grind out football, and the Raiders never really got to be the high-flying Raiders. They never got their clamps on Derrick Henry. Here and there, but not enough. Nah, not enough. He did what he wanted when he wanted. And now they're facing a pretty good backfield, although yesterday it wasn't like Gordon and Javante Williams went crazy. But Yeah, but yeah, that's his, you're talking about an entirely different. No, no. That Broncos situation is crazy, but they're winning games, and that's the difference right now. Raiders... 0-3, only 0-3 team in the National Football League, and we thought this was the winnable portion of the schedule. I figured out worse that we're going to get out to a 2-1 start. Yeah. Lose the game Yeah, at the Chargers. Yeah. Or, or you know, 50-50 Chargers game and the Titans game. But last week, be, but last week, no excuse for it because they played well and then they blew it down the stretch, so they should be sitting at 2-1 right now. And instead, it's a very messy 0-3. It is. And, you know, like you said, Broncos, they're finding ways to win. They, they opened the season losing in Seattle. But they put 16 points on the Houston Texans, and they put 11 points on San Francisco. You got a very desperate and angry Las Vegas team against an offense that we all said this. I think at some point we all said 
not necessarily sold on Russell Wilson being the answer in Denver. That's doesn't just because you bring that name in there doesn't mean all of a sudden he's going to be the savior. So that's a good question right now. We're seeing this offense that scored 16, 16, and eleven points. They're they're not going to just come in and roll past the Raiders because it's it's not a matter of dominating rolling past the Raiders. I mean, look at the points that have been put up on the Raiders. It really hasn't been a lot. It's a matter of whether the Raiders can do something against Denver's defense. That's the question. Where is the consistency going to happen? You ready to fire on the over? <laughs> on Raiders. What do we got? What's and the update? What's, what's the updated numbers? Give them to me. Let's go. I got them. You ready? Yeah. Las Vegas minus two and 44. There's a 44 and a half at uh, at the Westgate. There's 44s around town. DraftKings 40. I mean, there is scattered. 44, 44 and a half. Two. There's a couple of two and a halves out there, and it was too solid. So they're betting the Raiders. The money's coming in to, to move that little half point up there, that little notch. So if you want the Raiders before it gets to three, you better jump on it because it could be driven higher. I'm not saying the Raiders are going on four, but I wonder if there's any time in NFL history where there's been an 0-4 team where they were favored in three of the four games. Is that even possible? They were a small favorite this week on the road. They were favored against the Cardinals. They were catching, what, three and a half against the Chargers, and they could be favored again. Like, I don't think this is going to flip because of the Broncos' offensive performance, but favored in three of the four? And you come out of it potentially 0-4. They have to win this game. But enough is enough. I, I I tend to agree. And we, I'm guaranteeing you with all our Broncos discussions this week, because we're going to have a bunch of guests on Tuesday through Friday, that Russell Wilson will be a massive part of the discussion. Now, the number one topic is going to be Hackett. But then topic number two is why is that offense not working? And then you, you're starting to think like, Again, was Russell Wilson a product of an organization and a head coach that propped him up? Has he lost it? Are they not running a style that matches him? Um, Listen, I think it was Hurd and Albert Breer were talking about it over on our sister station, Fox 1340 and 98.9 FM. And I think Breer said, you know, he's coming from a place where it was more of a a running program and he was kind of treated as not an option quarterback, but a you know, a, a run-pass quarterback. And Russell Wilson always wanted to be more like guys along the lines of Rodgers and Brady. Maybe he just can't be. Maybe they were capitalizing on what he was best at. I'm going to venture to – I'm, I'm listening <laughs> to you, but I, I look something up here, and I just – I yeah, can yeah. tell you that since the last two years, one, two, three, four, there's been six teams that start 0-4. I can almost guarantee you – these six teams definitely were not favored in three of their first four games. In 2020, the Jets, Giants, Texans, and Falcons started 0-4. Last year, the Jaguars and Lions. No shot. Any one of those six were favored in three of their first four games. 2019, there were one, two, three, five teams that started 0-4. Bengals, Broncos, Dolphins, Jets, the then Redskins. Since 1990, 103 teams have started 0-4, one made the playoffs. The 1992 Chargers. It's not a record you want to set for the Raiders. First of all, don't get to 0-4, and you do not want to be 
the 0-4 team that was favored in three of the four games. Yeah, it's not. I mean, no. I, I, I don't think that they're – I honestly don't think – I think that they're – you know, I said this last week, but um, – that we should see a better performance, and you heard my prediction that the Titans were going to sneak it out, but that was solely on Derrick Henry, just being able to set that tone that we saw. But I, I just don't – Denver's defense has looked fantastic, but Las Vegas is so, – like I said earlier, this is not a bad football team. They're just playing horribly. And at some point you – know, it's like I used to tell my son back in the day when he was a little boy. You know what he used to tell people? Willie's words of wisdom. I'm not bad. Brought to you by Twin Peaks. He said, I'm not bad. Jordan used to say, I'm not bad. I just don't act right. <laughs> so is that the Raiders' new mantra going into this They're week? They're not bad. We're They're not, just not ba- playing right. We, we don't, yeah, say it again. I'm not bad. I just don't act right. Uh, no, I meant for the Raiders. Apply it to the Raiders. Yeah. You nailed it. Yeah. We're not bad. We're just not playing right. Can that be a mic drop <laughs> tomorrow? Maybe from Mick Lombardi. Tomorrow's coordinator's day, right? Yes. Mick is. just gets out there and he's like, we're not bad. We're just not playing we're right. Not All right, I'll right. see you. Yes. That's, any, mean, any questions? Okay, okay, let me ask you that. Let me ask you this. Is, do you find any of that part, do you find any of that incorrect? Well, I mean, you keep, you said earlier in the show that they're a, you said they're a very good team. I do think they're a very, well, look at the players that are on this team. They're a very good. There's a difference between they have very good players and they're a very good team. Right. Okay. They're they have some very good players. They're a team comprised of very good players. They make up a very good team. They're just not playing like it. I mean, when you look at you know, if Denzel Perryman wasn't injured, right? You got you got a veteran linebacker. You got two great edge rushers. Nate Hobbs has been playing well. He's got he's hurt now, right? On the other side of the ball, look at the skill position players you have. I mean. I, you know, and here's the thing. With the offensive line, I'm not going to knock them. I'm going to knock McDaniels and his staff. You keep shuffling them in and out. I mean, what kind of consistency do these guys have? And let alone cons- uh, confidence. Well, I don't know where we're playing. I don't know. Okay, where do you want me to play? Okay. We'll just go in. <laughs> left guard, right guard, left tackle, right. Left, 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 you are right. so frustrated. I am so well, frustrated. It, it, well, Seven it, games. We're still looking for the right formula. Okay. Some December, we're going to be looking for the formula. Well, part of the formula was spending $45 million on Devontae Adams and Chandler Jones. What do you mean? No. That is part of it. They've gone from five years ago being the number one, two, three, or four highest paid offensive line. And a lot of people can look at that and go, hey, it wasn't working. And as they started to strip that down, yes, they did make the playoffs a year ago. But now they're the 31st highest paid offensive line in the league. And they're one of the they're one of the select five or six teams that decided in this new revolution for wide receivers that hey it's worth paying a wide receiver north of twenty million dollars and we're going to track all of these teams and you know nothing is judged like in this little wide receiver pay box but it is worth watching what happens with the teams that dumped their wide receivers and decided to go cheaper and the teams that either kept their guy. Or decided to bring in a big baller. Like right now for Philly, AJ Brown, brilliant move, right? Mm-hmm. He had a good day yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I would say, you know, people will say, hey, I'm sure. Devontae Smith, second year receiver out of Bama, the Heisman winner, look at what he's doing. That's because of AJ Brown, right? So the Eagles went with it. The Redskins 
Check that. The Commanders. Check that. Football team. Whatever you want to call them. They went with it with Terry McLaurin. They suck. <laughs> right? And it's not, But it's not McLaurin's fault. And, a lot, and by the way, a lot of times, all of that $20 million-plus extension isn't happening this year. The Dolphins bring in Tyreek Hill. Great move. Chiefs got rid of him. They look okay. So we're going to have to let the whole wait, season wait, wait, wait. play out to so see where, where they, people allocated money and if the wide receiver they decision. They yesterday against Gold. Now they look okay. Where last week they were playing, they were brilliant. But, but, but prior to, we said the Colts could be dangerous. Matt Ryan coming in. Colts and Titans. See, that's the thing that people forget. The Chiefs, oh, my gosh. Look what they did. The Raiders, holy moly. But before Sunday, we were talking on the show going, look at the introverted AFC South. Oh, my God. The Jaguars, Texans, Titans, and Colts. What? That was a complete reversal of what we all thought. Now, all of a sudden, the Colts beat the Chiefs, Titans beat the Raiders, and we're shocked. Well, no, because those were supposed to be the two powers that were supposed to lead the AFC South. In week three. It's only the third week. So maybe they did lose to teams that, I don't know, were supposed to be leading that division. Well, this will be a fascinating thing to follow because a lot of those teams that picked up the expensive wide receivers eventually could have to pay their quarterback north of $25 million. The Raiders are in that unique position where they've got a quarterback north of 30 and they've got a wide receiver north of 25 mil. It's Nevada's Sports Talk Hour with Cofield and Company right here on ESPN Reno and ESPN Las Vegas. When you have Brian Dable, right, he brings in his style, his philosophy, and when you see it actually equate to victories, it's a lot easier to buy into. It actually can lead directly to positive results, and I think that's what you're getting with this Giants and this Giants team right now. Hanging at Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football, it's Cofield and Company. We have a good Monday Night Football game coming up? I do think so. I think it's going to be competitive. There's a lot of storylines. That was Jordan Rannon, works for ESPN.com, covers the Giants who are off to a good start, are one of the better stories. I'm not going to say a cool story because I'm a Jets fan. I don't like the Giants. But um, certainly for the, the big sports media Giants, the New York Giants playing well and being a story is a good thing. I don't for one second believe that this team is any better than a seven-win team. Now, the problem there is, and I guess it would be a problem if I bet the under, the division. I think you have two free wins now with the commanders. They're terrible. Mm-hmm. I don't know how much they're going to improve. You believe the Eagles are for real? The yeah. Eagles can be an 11- or 12-win team? Yeah. So do I. Yeah. I, I believe that they are an 11-win team if they continue to play and look like they did, just like in answer to your question earlier in the show about Miami. If they continue to put up the consistent numbers and they stay healthy, they absolutely look like an 11-12 win team, no doubt about it. I, um, and as a Dallas fan, I throw that, I throw that, take that fan hat off, and I, you know, look at today's game, and I think that, in all honesty, I think that Dallas. I understand why the Sharps took this from two and a half down to one. I think Dallas outclasses the Giants in this matchup. Really? Yes. I don't. I got to hear this one. How why, do they outclass the Giants? Why don't you? Well, it starts at the most important position on the field. Quarterback? Yes. Oh, okay. Because no, I, I'm not saying one. I'm not saying. Well, no, I will say Daniel Jones is better than Cooper Rush. Right. Okay. But is that coming back? Is there some news I didn't see? Timeout. 
I asked you the question, you answered it. Now let me re- retort. I'm going to take a timeout on top of your timeout, <laughs> and I might go again. No, go ahead. Look, Stephen A. <laughs> uh, don't make me go Ken dude, Dorsey with these menus on you. Don't don't make me go Bills. Don't, don't tell you to don't tell you to stop on your throw, show. Throw it. It's not that's not the case at all. But there could be a there could somebody be a major walked, meltdown. Somebody just walked in with a puppy. I may have to go pet that puppy. There you go. Um, all right. So listen. So Dak Prescott, if he was in and Daniel Jones, it's a complete mismatch. You drop Dak Prescott. You put Cooper Rush. It's actually a closer quarterback matchup. Now let me now let me just explain to you here. The Giants beat. Whom? Okay. Nobody so far. They beat the Titans, which we did. Just got done oh, saying. We, just, we, saw, just, done we just saw the Titans beat up the, the Raiders. The Raiders, so which are struggling. really nobody. Okay. Then the Panthers. The Cowboys started off the season against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady, the Cincinnati Bengals and Joe Burrow. Those two teams, I'm not sure if you know, the last two years, they were in Super Bowls. One, they kind of refer to him as the GOAT. So they, they, they've warmed up for ho, 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 your guy, Daniel Jones, by playing Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. Now, both teams are going to focus on the rushing game. Ezekiel Elliott, Saquon Barkley. Given it's Barkley's home field and he's played well, I get it. But Ezekiel Elliott's got to show up. He's got to perform. Dallas has... Somewhat own this series, especially in New York. And by the way, Tony Pollard, he's ready to perform. 98 scrimmage yards, 55 receiving, 43 rush. Ninth career rushing touchdown last week. Looking for his third in a row versus the Giants with 85 or more scrimmage yards. That's all purpose, okay? The Giants have three sacks on the season. One more than... The Raiders and the Cardinals. Not going to be a lot of rushing, not or as far as pass rush. I think Dallas, by being battle tested and having the better competition which they faced in terms of quarterbacks, have the edge. Zeke Elliott over under rushing yards is fifty six and a half. What a change from the past. It's Cofield and Company with the Battleborn Sports Hour, right presented by Battleborn Injury Lawyers seven six six fourteen hundred. Company's eye on sports betting with John Von Tobel. JBT from Zsin, part of the company, is up with us. We're getting ready for Monday Night Football here at Twin Peaks. Come on down, big beers under four bucks. Select appetizers, two, four, and six dollars. John, what was your biggest victory on Sunday NFL betting and your most devastating loss? I assume um, you lost. I assume you won and lost, right? I was gonna say I would. Uh, I, this is one of the rare Sundays where I get to say what loss, Steve. I uh, had a really good Sunday. Um, yeah, had a really good Sunday. Went perfect five and zero. Oh, my contest entry uh, hit all the bets, teasers, and everything. Wow. So uh, a good Sunday. But hopefully, you know, it's hopefully it's one of many. Especially in the contest perspective, I'm now ten and five in the Westgate Super Contest. So uh, hopefully, I can go forward from here. Uh, but yeah, a rare good Sunday for me. All right, well, puff out your chest. Give us a couple of spots that you were right on. Uh, so the ones that I really felt the most confident about uh, were, for example, like the Falcons against the Seahawks, and they made me sweat because they turned the ball over late, and Gino and the company had a late drive to potentially do something there. But the Falcons have been a team where I've been kind of 
putting out there on, you know, on the shows on VSIN or anybody who would ask me, which is they're much better offensively than the market is you know, giving them credit for than expected. Remember, Arthur Smith was on the offensive staff with Marcus Mariota in Tennessee in his last year there. There's some continuity there. And so I think that you're starting to see that this offense, they're not very good defensively, but they are able to put up points. And they have been a relatively effective scoring offense up to this point. So I felt really good about the Falcons in that spot. Um, and the other one that I felt really confident in was the uh, the Titans, sad to say. I didn't really understand why the Raiders were favored in um, Nashville. Uh, I thought that the Titans were in a much better situation. They're back at home. Uh, I thought that given the injuries that the Raiders were undergoing, and just the fact that the market seemed kind of high on Las Vegas uh, when you're looking at them from a power rating perspective. Up to five and a half against the Cardinals, and yes, they blew that game, but obviously they don't cover. Uh, and then two and a half on the road. Those are two that didn't make sense. So I, I would say those are the two at the top of the list that I felt the most confident in that ended up getting them. Yeah, Willie and I both had the Titans. I bet the Titans early last week. Um, I got buried on the Chargers and the Jaguars because I you know, got all rotted up when I was like, oh, Herbert's playing. All right, there's some affordable numbers here, and they were never in the game. And now, I mean, I want you to react to how the Chargers look, but now the numbers are going to be adjusted on the Jaguars the Jags are catching seven on the road at the Eagles next week. Yeah, and it's it's pretty fascinating because if you look at some of the numbers behind what the Jags are doing with Trevor Lawrence, uh, they're doing a really good job in terms of just putting him in position to be very successful with this offense. You know, last week, for example, if you looked at some of his passing numbers depth-wise, he had 19. This was last week, not the Chargers game. He had 19 throws within zero to nine yards, and his average depth of target on those were three yards downfield. If you look in this game against the Los Angeles Chargers, it's the same thing. You know, it's a really quick passing attack. It's getting the ball out fast. It's high percentage throws. He's doing an incredible job, and he's thriving within this offense. How about this? Against the Chargers, 23 of his completions were either behind the line of scrimmage or no more than nine yards downfield. Like, that's a, that's a really quick passing attack that's setting him up for success. And, they're, and at some point, when you're building up first-round picks the way that they are and high first-round picks, that talent's going to start to come to fruition, and you're starting to see it there for the Jags, and you are starting to see the market adjust. And you mentioned a key point for me when it comes to handicapping anything, but markets adjust. As teams get really good, you know, he's an example, like Jags are an example as well, the market's going to adjust, and those numbers are going to adjust, and so you as a better have to too. But that's something to keep an eye out of. And I will say this too, Steve. This is, I thought, was a fascinating conversation piece when it came to the Chargers because – we have a tendency to view the betting market as almost like gospel. So, for example, on Friday, number goes down to three and a half. I heard multiple people were just like, oh, Herbert's not playing. Well, guess what? Herbert ended up playing. So there were some people who probably just took a flyer on, hey, look, he's not playing, whatever it is. Uh, David Purdom over at ESPN wrote an article about some of the bookmakers out there, what they were hearing, and essentially were getting it from good sources that he wasn't going to play, the fiasco at the Charger scoreboard. I don't know if you saw that an hour before kickoff. But at the end of the day, you know, the, the betting market is not perfect. And I thought there was a pretty good example of it on Friday. What was the fiasco? Uh, the Chargers scoreboard announced, like oh, they put it up on the scoreboard out there in L.A. Uh, that he uh, was, excuse me, Chase Daniel was going to start. So it yeah. got out and people started freaking out and there started money. There was money coming in and then all of a sudden Herbert plays. It was wacky because we were watching the early games and, uh, you know, as I mentioned all the time, um, my lady friend, my significant other, is a Chargers fan, and she's like, yeah, I just saw it. Herbert's not playing. And you're like, oh, wait, he is he is actually playing. Uh, Sunday Night Football, what do you think of the betting action in that one? So I think this is, I think this is a really good example, too, of not freaking out. So I saw a lot, 
And it's amazing. I also think it's amazing how much our perception changes so quickly. So, for example, before the season began, guys, one of the hottest tickets on the market was Trey Lance to an MVP, right? That number was in some spots triple digits, got to as low as the lowest number I saw was 15 to 1 at Circa for Trey Lance to win MVP. That was before the season started, okay? You go into that game against the Bears, you have a win total of 10, 10 and a half, you're a touchdown favorite on the road. But then you lose that game, right? And that's after a preseason, which Trey Lance looks, ah, not great, okay. But it was a rainstorm. Then after a quarter, and you get injured, Trey Lance does, Jimmy Garoppolo comes in, and all I hear after that game, in which they end up winning and covering as a nine-and-a-half-point favorite, which, by the way, they were nine-and-a-half-point favorite when it was assumed that Trey Lance was the starting quarterback, remember? Right, right. That Jimmy Garoppolo is the savior. He's an upgrade over Trey Lance, which I thought was incredible because the betting market was betting this dude to win MVP. And this is a 10 and a half. Think about that. This is a team with a win total of 10 and a half, assuming that Trey Lance is going to be the starter for the season. But Jimmy Garoppolo is, from what I have heard, a immense upgrade over <laughs> Trey Lance. So what happens? You go on the road. You're a one and a half point favorite. You lose the game by one. And remember, that number flipped from Denver minus one and a half two to San Francisco minus one and a half. And I just think it's really one of those lessons where like, don't overreact to narrative. Really evaluate these quarterbacks. If I told you that a quarterback was the 19th-ranked passer who committed the second-most turnover-worthy plays in the National Football League a year ago, you would not say that quarterback is an upgrade. Well, that's Jimmy Garoppolo. Talk about overreaction. Speaking with Jonathan Von Tobel, member of the company, of course, the legend from VEASAN, JVT. Uh, overreaction. Don't overreact to bad teams because sometimes you can catch some value. Um, what are you seeing with some of the – air quote bad teams out there right Billy? because the market just gets so low on them it, it comes a little bit too far and you can get some pretty big numbers uh, and some really good value so i mentioned the falcons the falcons have been an undervalued team by the betting market and they come out of this weekend three and zero against the spread they covered it a tight loss uh, to the new orleans saints they come back in a fourth quarter kind of get within a big number against the los angeles rams and then they went out right as a road underdog against seattle and we're starting to see that adjustment a little bit against Seattle. They were closed as like a one-point underdog. So you're starting to see, again, the market kind of come around. We'll see uh, if this number this weekend is a little too much for the Falcons. But we look at it, and I think that's them. It's the Texans who are 2-0-1 against the spread, push depending on the number you got yesterday against Chicago. And we'll see if one of the bad teams, the Giants, 2-0 straight up and against the spread, are going to be able to pull it off tonight. Uh, but I think that's just one of those things. You don't necessarily go up and just bet on bad teams because there are some bad teams who haven't been covering numbers. But when there's teams that have a little bit of talent on the roster, Atlanta, Houston, you know, the or excuse me, Detroit from last year, guys, if you remember one of the best ATS teams uh, in the NFL, there is there is some value in betting on these teams because the market just gets a little too low on them. John Von Tobel, VSIN. I'd like to make these bets, but I, I wonder if the market is even posted or available can we bet the Mountain West Conference championship now? Because I'm not exactly ready to jump off the Boise and San Diego State. I don't know if there's there's no bandwagon left, but could I bet them to win the conference now? So there's, there's certain markets and certain shops in, in which you can still bet these. Like this is where like online books really come in handy if you're in some of these markets uh, like a um, – like a DraftKings has, the Mountain West still up. Air Force is your favorite at plus 220. Fresno State plus 260. Boise State at plus 350. And do you wow. know who the third choice to win the the uh, Mountain West is, guys? Tell us. The fourth choice, I guess. The UNLV Rebels. They are 8-1 to one to win wow. the Mountain West title they over at, at DraftKings. 
Uh, I think they were. Ooh, Willie, that's a good question. I'll have to go and double check. I want to say they were in the triple digits, if I remember correctly. Somewhere in that range. They so were boy, very, boy, very low. Boise stole the third choice. Hank yep. Bachmeyer went into the transfer portal. And they fired their offense coordinator <laughs> two days ago. I, right? I, th- I figured on Boise, I'm, I'm going to get like 15 to 1 odds. Nope. Nope. It, uh, nope, not at all. And there's still that. I mean, look, I. So I sent over the query, like, do you want to look at UNLV to win this conference now? And at an 8-1, to one, you don't. And I, it's more of the thought, Steve, that this conference is wide open, right? For me, it would be looking at, like, let's say Wyoming. Wyoming is 20-1 to one right now. And, and this is just one shop. Again, always shop around. But they're in the range of that 20-1 to one price. They have a quality win under their belt. And if they're really well coached. Like, Craig Bull does a really good job. Steve, you pointed this out in the offseason. You know, Bull gets the most out of his teams. He's incredible with that. And if you look around the way the conference is shaking out with what's happening with Boise State, we don't see a clear update on what's happening with Jay Kaner. I mean, Air Force lost to Wyoming outright. This seems like a year in which the conference has a bunch of teams that are kind of on the same level with one another. I'm also looking, so I don't know if you mentioned these, but CSU is 200 to 1. Yep. Nevada is 500 to 1. Can I tell you, Nevada will beat Colorado State after this bye week. They're going to beat CSU. Norvell's back in town. I don't know what the number's going to be for the game. I don't think there's any way the Pack lose that game. Really? Yep. No way? Uh, no way. I, I, could see, I could see a team of transfers and holdovers kind of cobbled together in CSU starting to fracture. Okay. And they're going into a hornet's nest where they absolutely dislike the coach who just bailed on them. Do you want my long shot? Now, it's probably going to fall apart this Friday, but I love that New Mexico defense. Can I tell you? Ooh. <laughs> Their defense is so freaking good, and yeah. it's coached by Rocky Long. they got a bunch of, like, youngish linebackers that work really well in that system. I mean, if you even look, so they lost to Boise 31-14. to That That's not indicative, like, that 31 points. That defense was great in that game. And trust me, I had New Mexico plus 17. I got the push. I watched every second of that game. New Mexico defensively is a really, really impressive squad. And if their offense can kind of start to get it together against some of these like-rated opponents, you know, you get UNLV this uh, Friday, Wyoming after that, um, Fresno State at home, Utah State on the road. Like, that's – it's a manageable schedule for a team that I think is in the top half of the league defensively at the very least. And they're, what, a 501? 301-, excuse me, 300. Monday Night Football tonight, what are you playing? I'm not playing anything uh, because – so I, I really have – I am uh, invested in the Giants over their win total of seven. So I am off to a fantastic start here for the New York Giants in their 2-0 start. I didn't have an edge either way in this number. So I'm just going to sit back and really root for the Giants and wait for some in-game opportunities potentially. I will say this. What intrigued me – so we get like a lot of these games where we expect um, some low scores because the team stink offensively. Uh, but I also think these two teams are kind of challenged defensively I was playing with the idea of betting this over a relatively low total of 38.5 now that we're down there. I think this might be higher scoring than we kind of expected, um, but that's just me. I haven't really played anything. Maybe after two empty possessions, what I hope, I can get a better in-game number bet the thing over the total. 30 seconds left. You're a big NBA guy. NBA is going to be hitting the floor here pretty soon. What advice do you give people on uh, betting futures, and especially if they're starting to look at MVP candidates? It's just really quick. It's just shop around. There's always different shops and always different numbers. I've seen a lot of people promote Zion Williamson at 35 to one uh, to win MVP. You can get him at 60 to one. So just just look around and shop because that's nearly double your payout in terms of 30 to 60 to one. So just look around. John, tell people when your shows on Vsin Air. 
Uh, let's see, uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then um, I got a new endeavor as well that'll be starting this week as host of the Superbook Pod with Jay Cornegay and John Murray. Oh, very nice. nice. Very nice. Congrats on that. John, thank you. Thanks, guys. There he is, John Von Tobel. You making a pick on this game? I already gave you my pick. What is it? Give it again. I'm taking the Cowboys and the under. I'm taking the Cowboys, too. So the official kibosh is on. What are you talking about? We're 2-0 with the Titans and Raiders. <laughs> Get down to Twin Peaks for Monday Night Football. You've been listening to the Battleborn Sports Hour at SportsRadio.com and LVSportsNetwork.com.